Hello and welcome to the Pixelated Podcast. I'm Patrick Reif. And I'm Alex McGlynn. And today we're going to be discussing the price of not collecting event data. As a... Event data. Yeah, well... Collecting event data. Collecting event did data. Did not collecting event data? I think you did. I think I did too. Anyway, this fodder is good. If you have listened to any of our previous podcasts, and if you haven't, you shouldn't. Um, if you have, then you know that event data is really important to us here at Pixelated for a multitude of reasons. One, because we help companies collect uh, experiential marketing data at their events in person and online. Check out the new virtual uh, Pixie Web photo booth. Um, but again, it's we have worked with a lot of event professionals. Uh, you know, between the three of us, we have almost 20 years of event experience. And the one thing we hear over and over and over again is, I wish I would have done, I wish I would have collected this piece of information, or I wish I really had, a, I really wish I had a way to measure X or Y or Z. So, again, just as a preamble, I, I'm really liking that word for some reason these past few weeks. Uh, make sure that you really think through what data you want to collect beforehand, because again, there's a lot of consequences to not gathering it, which we were about to get into. So. Number one, you won't know what worked. You can talk until you're blue in the face about how amazing your event was or how much people like certain sections or the crowd reaction to certain speakers, but if you don't have any data to prove it, then they're just stories. And unfortunately, when you're talking to your finance department about financing your event or you're talking to your client about how great it was, if you don't have that information to show them, the conversation can only go so far. And also, you don't have any benchmarks to work off of for next year. Like, if you knew it was good this year, what can you do to make it even better next year? None of that exists if you don't have data to back it up. Conversely, point number two is you won't know what sucked. <laughs> and that is a very bad thing. That's Maybe worse. You can assume that you were in the room for everything and saw the pitfalls, but you probably weren't. The other side of it is your attendees. If you're asking them face to face, they're not gonna tell you the truth when they hated you. What, what you thought was the best keynote you've ever booked in 10 years of doing your event. You need anonymity to really get good answers to your questions and finding out what parts of your event sucked. And like, let's face it, there were probably elements that sucked. Like there are parts of Dreamforce that sucked. Like no one wants to go to San Francisco and figure out how to spend like $90,000 for an apartment for the week. Like there are things that aren't great about it and they found out about that and they have consistently over the years made continued efforts to figure out how to house people that are there. They're reducing that element of suck by knowing that it's there and working on it. At so, an otherwise amazing event. Yeah, I've never been, but if I could write off 20 grand in apartments for San Francisco week, I would do it though. What we're really asking is for Dreamforce to have a virtual component so that we can still attend. Get at me, bro. Um, but yeah, no, you definitely want to know what went wrong uh, because again, people won't tell you to your face. I, and maybe they will, but most people won't. It's awkward. Yeah. Um, that's really all it comes down to. Anything that's like one-to-one -one just feels awkward. If you can give me an anonymous piece of, um, a way to give you feedback anonymously, I'm all in. Um, I'll tell you what was great and what wasn't and what you could have worked on. There's no problem there. Again, it's just awkward to do it in person or one-to-one. -one. Um, so, Again, what went well, what didn't. Both really important things, equally important. Maybe what went bad is slightly more important. But again, you need to know those things so that you can continue to improve your event and to tell your client about how, or your boss, or whomever, about how amazing it was. Yep. Next up, 
and this is really important, you can't effectively remarket to previous attendees if you didn't collect information about them while they were at your event. Uh, if someone has a favorite speaker and they're gonna be back, you want to let them know that. If they really found value in a certain track and you've doubled down on that and made, you know, marketing for dummies 2.0, like you need to let them know that. You need to do everything you can to get them back to your conference. If it looks like it's the same old recycled content, people aren't gonna spend thousands of dollars to attend your event twice. So knowing what they liked, knowing what they didn't, and being able to market to them effectively, and having them broken out into different cohorts, you know, you don't wanna treat your salespeople like your marketing people, like your marketing engineers, like your Salesforce database admins. They all could be at your event because they all have, uh, are all touching the same type of uh, overall experience for the, uh, for the buyer. But they are there for different reasons and you need to make sure that you're treating them that way. So collecting that information up front is a really easy way to make sure that whatever you're serving them is targeted. Yeah, and you never know what you're gonna learn after the event either. So there's a great chance that in, 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 in reading your, your post-event data, uh, you're gonna see uh, product opportunities that are very easy to spin up and you already have a very specific cohort that you're going to serve it to so when you want to talk about you know whether it's rolling out a new product or identifying an early user base for it or, or frankly getting customers on the cheap uh, all of those things are going to be possible when you do that uh, and and I think that particularly when you get into virtual event marketing uh, you know, like you, if you tune into our podcast, you've heard us talk about list building and how once you have a list, you're able to easily leverage it. That same thing is true here. Like those same rules are at play and this really strengthens your ability to do that. Like you're gonna come out of your conference and you're gonna say like, oh, we could sell this to them, we could sell this to them, we could sell this to them. And then by productizing it and knowing what that cohort is and sending it out to them, uh, the conversions are gonna be, um, they're gonna be awesome. So with that. Uh, tip number four is you're going to have scant proof of being able to provide proof of ROI. So I don't care who you are, who you're throwing an event for, whether it's small or whether it's large, somebody is writing a check and they need <laughs> to understand why they're writing it. Uh, and particularly if this is, uh, if we're talking B2B here uh, or, you know, uh, B2B to C, like whatever the case may be, uh, I mean, whatever, if it's a wedding, it's your mom uh, writing the check or your dad writing the check, like having information that supports why we're writing that check. Well, what's its impact? How much did it cost? What did we get back from it? Um, more and more so as, uh, as CFOs at companies become more and more adept at understanding that they can have a clearer picture of what the ROI of event spend is, they're asking for it. So make sure that you're doing the thing you need to do to be able to answer them with a big, beautiful bouquet of data that proves your point. And that's important for the post-event wrap, but it's even more important next year when you go to get the budget signed off on and you're sneaking it up by 20% because you wanna add this, that, and the third. Like, there's nothing better than sneaking up your new 20% budget and still having it be below the shelf life of what last year's event made. Like, that's an easy way to open it up. And if you've proven your ROI, then your, your CFO, your boss is gonna speculate that when they give you that 20% lift, that it stands to reason that they're gonna see a larger, a 20, a 40, a 60% return in ROI from last year because they're giving you more resources. That was passionate, right? It really was. You got into it. I would, if, if there's any brides or grooms out there that have had to show ROI to their parents, <laughs> I would love to hear your story. Hit no, us actually up. Really great. Yeah. Um, 
You want to be a virtual guest on our uh, our podcast? Please, God, get back to us with that story. I get you four grandkids, <laughs> one vacation property. My husband cut your lawn four, you know, like four times a month for four months of the summer. Uh, it's pretty quantifiable when you think about I, it. You say so. <laughs> uh, also, just quick note: ROI doesn't necessarily have to be money. If your ROI, ROI is, uh, you know, net promoter score or how many connections were made or what your advertisers got out of it. It doesn't matter. You need data to prove all of it. Um, so, um, what's the, what's the phrase? God can bring opinions. All others must bring data. Data is important folks. Um, and last but not least, and I think we've hit this, the dumps. Yes, uh, no. I think we, I think we've hammered this point home, but you are going to leave money on the table. If you don't do this, like there, if someone had a bad experience and you find out about it, even if it was through a survey or something like that where they don't have to tell you one-on-one, -on -one, like you need to get in touch with them and fix it. If someone had an amazing experience, you need to turn that person into a conference evangelist that gets all their friends to go or all their coworkers to go. Whatever it is, you're not gonna be able to do it if you don't know the kind of experience someone had and you don't know what they liked and didn't like and what they got out of it. So again, make sure you're doubling down on information collection because it's going to serve you well. And if you have to incentivize people to respond to your surveys, incentivize them. It will pay for itself. Just get that data upfront so that you can make a play for a better conference, a better experience, and more attendees next year. Booyah. That's it for today's episode of the Pixelated Podcast. Before you go, if you could please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Your reviews help us find more listeners and ensure that we notify you every time we publish a new episode. So, without further ado, I'm Patrick Reif. And I'm Alex McGlynn. Peace.